Worldview Truth. This is Randy Osborne with Worldview Truth, and we are at the FPEA convention. That's a Florida Parent Educators Association uh, convention, and um, it's a large, large event, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, it's a fact. We've been both of us have been going here. This is Keith Flaw, and um, I'm going to get you in just a minute. He's with Citizens uh, Florida Citizens Alliance, and I'll get you to tell a little bit about what's going on some of the stuff you've been doing but some okay. of the stuff that you're going to move forward with Absolutely. here the next yeah. uh next well you're doing it now yeah. so <laughs> but um this is probably from from some the time that i've been here this is probably one of the largest um shows that i have i have seen with fpea in a very long time and i think i have a reason for that i think that we both have got a little bit of inkling of why that's going on so I want you to just go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, about the organization that you're working with, okay? And then a little bit about um, what um, the legislation that just got passed. Might as well go ahead and share that, and then about what some of your efforts are and what you're planning on doing. Right. Okay. Sounds great. Uh, well, Florida uh, uh, Florida Citizens Alliance is an organization we started back in about 2013. Uh, our focus was uh, K through 12 education. Uh, you and I worked early on about uh, trying to get rid of Common Core. Uh, we had six years of hitting our head against the brick wall. Uh, I remember fondly Karen Ephraim and the work that we did together. Uh, we really um, uh, laid the groundwork during that time frame so that when DeSantis got elected, uh, he made it a priority to get rid of Common Core. So that's it's how we got. It's amazing. With a stroke of a pen, after all the work, after all the bloodshed, <laughs> right. a stroke of the pen, it it really went away. And I thought that he was going to, I didn't think he was going to do it, but I was concerned that, you know, some of our other politicians had just said, yeah, we'll make it go away. So they changed, changed the name. <laughs> right, changed the name. So, But he actually, actually did it. And, right. and I, I remember meeting uh, with him and, and some of his staff on that and said, okay, what don't you like about it? Let's make it this really go away, and right. he really did. But go on, I didn't mean well, to interrupt. Well, really, a, a, a major player in that, obviously, was Richard Corcoran, mm -hmm. uh, who was the speaker um, prior to DeSantis getting elected, and then became Corcoran or became uh, DeSantis' uh, commissioner of education. Uh, we built a long-time relationship with uh, Corcoran when he was the speaker, doing some of the the, the work we did. And then when uh, DeSantis put out that executive order to get rid of Common Core, uh, Corcoran brought us in um, to help rewrite those English language arts and math standards. Uh, we didn't actually write the standards. What we did was we brought in some great experts who are, some of them are still with them, uh, with the Department of Education. Uh, so uh, f fast forward, every year we put together uh, a legislative agenda for what we want to see come out of education. Uh, I will tell you without any hesitation that our public schools are irreparably broken. They're not fixable, but at the same time we have 2.8 million kids stuck in those government schools and we need to meet parents where they are. Tell me why you think you feel that way. I feel the same way, but I just want to give me your perspective and really just for the people. Why do you feel that way? Again, you've been working in the education field for a long time. I have as well. I feel the same way. I want you to explain why do you feel that way. Well, I think you can uh, begin by looking at some of the numbers. Uh, Fifty percent of our kids in Florida can't read and do math at grade level. 
based on the FSA test, which they've now done away with, but last spring, 75% of our third graders across the state of Florida cannot read at a level four or five. And then you look at all the indoctrination that's being pushed into our schools uh, through the, the, the power of the unions. Uh, the unions, and I don't miss words here, they're, they're Marxist. Yeah. And, and, and they're executing a Marxist strategy. And, and even when you, you know, um, during this last election cycle, we took over, we, the collective we, took over six school districts. I'm already seeing those move back under the control of the, the, the powerful unions. Right, uh, right. And so, um, you know, I, 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 I always ask people, uh, how do you fix a, gov a government um, education system? How do you fix a government monopoly? You don't fix a monopoly, you have to break it. And the way you break it is through competition. And so we've spent a lot of energy over the last number of years helping at the legislative level push uh, things, uh, you know, the, the scholarship programs we have, um, pushing the Hope Scholarship, which is amazing and the best kept secret in, in Florida. Um, but what we've, what we've decided, and I'm kind of fast forwarding a little bit here, but what we decided and have run into at every step of the road is um, a, a serious capacity issue in our, in our schools. Parents who want to flee, and COVID brought uh, an increased interest in fleeing. That's right. And, and now you've got all these people moving in. Um, interesting enough, from my experience, and it's, it's anecdotal, but a lot of these people moving in are the more wealthy people who can afford to get up and move. And they're putting their kids in private schools. Right. Uh, right. And, and I would tell you, without any hesitation, some of those private schools are as bad as the government schools. That's right. right. So right. what we've concluded is that we really need to help moms and dads, particularly Christian moms and dads, figure out how to uh, create uh, their own mini micro school learning center. And so we're engaging the system uh, at the legislative level. There were some great bills passed this, this year. Um, they could have been greater. Mm -hmm. House Bill One could have been better than it was. True, uh, but it breaks the monopoly power uh, at the at the at the government level. Uh, we were dismayed that we weren't better able to protect the homeschool market. Right. Uh, we we think we made some progress. We'll see on protecting both private school and uh, uh, homeschool, and now the special category underneath the. Uh, uh, the tax credit scholarship they called them pers um, personalized education program. Explain a little bit about that for for the right. for the listeners because this is a this is this is extremely new. This has just been passed this this past legislative session, yeah. and we have a lot of people scratching their heads trying to figure out okay what does this mean? What can I how can I get involved in this? Right. Well, at, at the at the highest level, the House Bill One um, provides every student in Florida. A, a roughly a $7,500 scholarship to get out of a government school. Um, it gets complicated from there because what they did was they built it off the back of what was there before. So right. we had a tax credit scholarship uh, that was funded by corporations getting a tax credit. Uh, they, 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 uh, it, it has always been a, 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 um, a, a scholarship that was available to low-income families. Right, right. Um, what, what they did, it, they still left it as a priority for low-income families, but they took away the upper uh, limit. So uh, theoretically, a millionaire can apply, sure. right? Sure. Theoretically. Um, and, 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 but when they took that tax credit scholarship, 
Um, they made it available to homeschool families, 20,000 in the first year, um, 40,000, additional 40,000 each of the next two years, and then in, I think it was 2027, it's wide open. Uh, but what they did was, um, and we didn't, we, we fought this. If you're a homeschool family, prior to this bill, you you lived in a very unregulated environment. Correct. Correct. Uh, you you all you had to do was register with your local school district that you were homeschooling, and the local school district had the right to come in and and check you, whether you're actually uh, schooling your child. Correct. Uh, and you could do that through either by showing them a government test or, most importantly, providing the portfolio you've used to, t to teach your child. That one, uh, If you take the money under the tax credit scholarship now under House Bill 1, you no longer can use a portfolio. You must take a government test. Right. And, and there are 20 tests on the uh, Department of Education list. Shockingly, uh, 18 of them are still common core tests. All right, so so while they've we quote unquote gotten rid of Common Core, you still have to take the test. You still have to take a Common Core yeah. test. We're not going to teach you Common Core. You just have to take the it's test at the end of the and process. and we all know and and it's well documented that uh, you know you teach to the test. Right. Right. So if if you as a as a, as one of these uh, private school or homeschool families who now are taking this money. Um, we, we think it brings Common Core back into play, and so we fought that. Um, uh, uh, we'll have to see whether we can have some influence of that going forward, but it is right. what it is. Um, the area we think we did make some progress in, Randy, was uh, right now, and I don't want to get too technical, but all of our scholarship programs in Florida are administered by an organization called Step Up. They administered last year about 400,000 scholarships. Yeah. Um, it, it, to um, if you look at the, the 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 program they use to reimburse families for curriculum, there's only one uh, faith-based program on that list, and it took three years to get it back on that list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So now, as we head into an environment where 20,000 uh, kids are going to be able to take that, uh, we really want to make sure that uh, that step up. Uh, has a process that that openly enables I I any Christian-based uh, uh, curriculum to, to, to be part of that. Uh, so we think we got some language that works. It wasn't our chosen language, but we'll see. We were. That was one of the concerns that we were also working on. Uh, very concerned about that. And um, we met with the Department of Education um, during this process and said, Hey, we've got a problem here. This is a uh, this is a big problem for us. And um, so, what they told us is they basically showed us some st a statute. I don't remember what was that. That basically just um, exempt a Christian school, not a private school, a Christian school, faith based. Right. And I'm like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. And I questioned it because I didn't feel like it was clear in, in the statute. Right. If you actually read it, it wasn't as clear as I just described it, okay? <laughs> Nothing ever is. No. And, and they said, well, if in the event that something does happen, um, in, you know, in that this does get challenged, uh, we will step in. Yeah. I was like, well, I, you know, yeah. what, happens, what happens when the next uh, legislature, uh, you know, takes over? What happens if... Uh, 
if we change parties, just to right. be gut honest about it. Right. So that that's also a concern that we we're dealing with right now. Well, we'll see how it works out in the short term. Uh, they're they're now quote creating the rules uh, that go with that through the state board of education. Uh, we've reached out to uh, uh, Commissioner Diaz and his team to clarify how Christian um, uh, content providers can get administered on the list. Into, on the list. Yeah. Um, so we'll see how that works out. Um, Tell us about what you're doing now. There's there's a great idea that you've come up with. I don't know if you've come up with it, but I know your group has. And tell us about it. Tell us what you what you're doing about it. Well, when you accept, if you accept the notion that our public schools are irreparably broken, what are the alternatives, right? And we th we we believe that some of the major issues that we're seeing uh, we're experiencing in our government schools is because God's been taken out of our our, our public schools. And, and so when you look at uh, the violence, the drugs, uh, the school shootings, when you look at all of that, it's because we're, we're not teaching our kids a set of values right. that, that are based on solid Judeo-Christian values. You know, I can get off on a tangent with you on social-emotional learning, uh, but, and most people say, what's that? Well, social-emotional learning is it's teaching our kids at the, various younger, at the youngest level that there are no absolute truths that's exactly there are right. only your personal truths. Right. Don't be jumping into the podcast for tomorrow now. Right. Don't be doing that. <laughs> okay. Well, so fast forward then. We've concluded that we have to, uh, we have to help and encourage Christian families, moms and dads, uh, to start one-room schoolhouses, minis and micros. So what we're, uh, we've hired a full-time um, program director, a, a young lady who's got four kids, uh, Christian ministry background, um, uh, homeschool background, and so uh, she's uh, uh, embarked on, uh, on the mission we've set for ourselves. What we're hoping to do and we're on our way is we're um, vetting local ambassadors. Think of them as a consultant. Right. We're training them um, and, and right now we've identified five partners. Uh, we may add more to that. Um, we're, we're five partners who have classical Christian content but each of them have a little bit different value proposition. Okay. And for what I, so I'll give you a, 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 a quick example of that. Um, classical conversations, mm -hmm. uh, a faith-based program, it's very rigorous, uh, it's very community oriented. So right. if you like the community and you like that rigor, that's a great solution yes. for you, but that's not for every family. Mm -hmm. uh, another one of our partners is My Father's World. It's, it's, it's a turnkey operation. Literally, for three to $4,000 per 10 kids, you can start a one-room schoolhouse where you're putting four-year-olds in the same classroom as uh, up to third graders, and you're teaching a, 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 an amazing Christian-based uh, curriculum. Uh, using their curriculum through the 12, all 12 grades at the end of that, you will have your child will have read the entire Bible, New and Old Testament, three times. Oh wow! And they're not plugging scripture into the side; they're integrating it into it. So that's one of our partners. But the value they bring is turnkey. Uh, and then another uh, one of our, and I won't have, don't have time to go through all of them, but Foundation for American Christian Education. They have a NOAA plan, which is a classical-based program. Um, but what they really have, and why they're part of our program, is they teach educators how to teach a biblical worldview. There are various different organizations out there that have tests to determine you know, whether you and I have a biblical worldview, sure. a self-test. 
but based on the one that we've been working closely with, with the Nehemiah Institute, mm -hmm. Dan Smithwick, 30% uh, of our pastors in this country don't have a biblical worldview. You're dead on. 60% of our teachers in Christian schools do not have a big old biblical worldview. And when you stop and think about that, at first place, it's, it's a bit shocking. But then when you think about it, where are those teachers coming from? They're coming from our liberal colleges, right? So what, we, right. So what we are really doing is uh, the, the FACE program, Foundation, they have an excellent program to, to educate teachers in teaching a biblical worldview. And you can actually get certified through that process. And so we see that as a value add to every, every classical um, um, academy, uh, homeschool, um, micro, mini learning center, uh, teaching those educators how to teach a biblical worldview, no matter what your curriculum is, right, right, is, is a huge step forward. So that's why they're in our program. So we have five different ones that we've vetted for different values. Uh, we may add others. Uh, we decided we could study it for a couple of years, or we could get started and learn. That's what and you, really that's what you have to do. And we're getting started. So I um I homeschooled. We homeschooled our kids um, all the way through. Um, and um, in, in looking back on it, I mean, it, it is a scary thing to homeschool kids. I mean, it, as a parent, because it's just it's not culturally acceptable. It wasn't back. When I was doing it, even more so. I mean, we would even have um, Christian Christians, you know, would confront us. I, my parents even said, "Randy, what are you doing here? I, you know, this is this right. is not how you do this." Right. And um, somebody came to us, um, and this is what they said. They said, "The best, the worst day in homeschooling is better than the best day in a public school," and and. You know, and then they said, look, you know, do your best in teaching them academics, but character is more important than Absolutely. anything else. Right. And, and they cannot live life without, without learning character, right. a good moral character, and that's what's wrong right now. That's yes. where we're at. They're coming after our kids, and, and that's obvious. It's right. just, just a culture. Uh, I, had, I had a doctor, a, a lady doctor, um, uh, about three months ago, literally tell me I'm not smart enough to teach my kid uh, to homeschool my kids um, and and after we talked about that a little bit right then then her next reason was well but then my kids won't be socialized <laughs> and and my immediate response to that was right down the path you were on uh, so you'd rather have them socialized in drug sex and violence eight hours a day rather than your values that's what it comes down to. And I, I know that the meaning of what they mean by socialize, but I also think, um, are they, is it into a socialistic lifestyle? Oh, yeah, or that, is that's, another whole, <laughs> that's another whole aspect of what socialism means, right? Exactly, so, exactly. So if, at the end of the day, we just have to get it. We have to give parents an opportunity, help them understand and overcome those, the, the fear, build some confidence. It's not difficult. Uh, it's much easier than it was back when you started, I'm sure. Oh, yes. There are lots oh, yes. of good programs out there. We just need to help moms and dads overcome that fear. That's right. And that's what our consultant, that's what we're training our consultants to do. Uh, we'll see if it works. <laughs> like, like I said, on, on the worst day, it's going to be a better day in public schools. So right. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, looking forward to tomorrow. And um, keep, keep up the fight. Oh, well. As uh, I tell my wife all the time, I'm too stupid to quit. So we're. <laughs>
We're good to go. All right, sounds great. Thank you again. Worldview Truth. 